What messages about God and God's relationship with humanity are communicated by the metaphor, God is King? Welcome to The Good Word. I'm Jody Washburn, host and study guide author for this 13-week series on the book of Psalms. Joining me in conversation are Tiago Ajais and Matilda Fry, both professors in the School of Theology. One of the things that's so beautiful about the Psalms is that they provide what I would like to call a mosaic of metaphors, where each description of God in terms of something from the human realm provides almost like a small tile in this big picture. And God is described in terms of kingship, priesthood, motherhood, and shepherd, and we could go on and on listing these different arenas from which language is drawn to talk about God and how God um, engages with humanity, what it means to be human. So I wonder, what do you think are the messages that we receive through the language of kingship in the Psalms? What does it mean to say that God is king or that God reigns? What, what are we supposed to take from that metaphor? Well, to speak of God as king, you must want to have a king. <laughs> mm. you, mu- you must like that, right? So this, what was it? Was it this summer when we had the coronation of King Charles? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, thousands of people lined the streets and applauded and, and sung and um, were all full of joy about the kingship. We are not, in, our, in the world we live in, we are not used to that kind of, um, you know, system of kingship anymore. But we do have it in the biblical texts and we have it in the Psalms. So it seems to me that Psalms that speak of God as the king clearly come out of that world where the king is like in in power and the king rules and the king has to uh, also has to uh, has his followers those who like promote the king and his his uh, authority and power and so on so to speak then in that same metaphor of god as the king who rules the world uh, that means a lot in that kind of in like mm-hmm. system of the world mm-hmm. yeah to come to terms with the metaphor is also important as we study the Bible. I mean, because mm-hmm. there's so much confusion that we are not aware of just because we don't raise the question, right? Um, who knows who, what God is, who God is? You know, it's, it's very difficult. There's a long tradition of, of, of theologians and people who thought over the centuries, I mean, do we actually know who God is? What we have in the Bible is truly metaphors and ways of expressing what people have come to understand about what God is like so it's it's a very important distinction who god is we don't we don't we, we can't grasp that but what god is like well sure then we have a, a vast number of of metaphors and imagery in in the bible to help us with that and king as matilda said is is one of those images that for us modern readers of the bible can raise different forms of feelings and perceptions about reality as a whole. But for me, I mean, studying the book of Exodus back in the day, that was sort of what I focused on um, philosophy and within the book of Exodus. It's interesting that the idea of uh, the God who reigns appears in a very specific moment of that story. I mean, Exodus begins with this comparison between the ruthless 
King Pharaoh and this God who wants to free people who are enslaved, a God who works by means of justice and mercy and who would not abuse or dehumanize someone. So by the end of that big liberation that we have in Exodus from the Egypt into the uh, desert and then promised land in in uh, Exodus 15 and that whole beautiful song of, of freedom, they sing the Lord reigns, the Lord will reign. For. So it's interesting that in the Bible, this imagery of God as king doesn't come necessarily as just a, like, a, hey, he's just like Pharaoh, and but, but he's a little better. No, it comes like a radical alternative to the modes of power and kingdom that were real and evident in that society. So, so to me, the image of God as king has always been meaningful in that sense that if this is the God who reigns as a king, then this is the God of the Exodus who's ruling by a, form, a radical different form of power um, with different goals and different aims that leads to human flourishing and to blessing and to goodness. And so those are the images that come to my mind about metaphor and God as king. But that also promotes the kingship as in the ideal, in an ideal mm. uh, world. Because uh, even if you look into the monarchies of Israel and the kings that rule, there is hardly mm-hmm. a time period where that ideal world actually exists. Mm. Um, so it's always something that you strive toward mm-hmm. and that you um, try to bring and uh, bring alive. And so if it's if it does not actually truly exists in the life mm-hmm. here, then it is God who is brought in, mm. who is supposed to be that ideal king. Yeah. Right? Which is the whole tension with right. Samuel. And, yeah, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So the people who um, who live in this, um, and in this empire of the monarchy mm-hmm. and uh, uh, and experience the hardships of life and they have only God to address in that way even David falls far short if you pay attention to the to the stories of him as a king and Solomon definitely yeah no I love that I mean it just shows Matilda to your point how easy it is to just borrow from the kingdoms that we can see and the modalities there of power instead of allowing God to do his reigning and his thing throughout Israelite history. And today, even when we get confused with modern forms of empire in Christian, you know, moves toward the world and how easy it is just to assume that that is also how God reigns. So it's always important to keep that distinction in mind that Matilda just made. Yeah, thank you so much. Tiago, your comments earlier made me think of uh, Rabbi Jonathan Sachs Mm -hmm. um, is very explicit when he talks about metaphor. And he says, all talk of God in the Bible is by way of metaphor. And we forget that so easily. Yes, that we're always drawing on a limited um, vocabulary from our realm to speak of a realm we know not of, Mm -hmm. right? That we get glimpses of, that every text in the Bible you could say is coming to us. It's been preserved, passed on because people had a sense they encountered something beyond themselves, important enough to, to pass that on. And it strikes me also that the the interplay between immediate connotations that we associate with different images and then the actual array of meanings that could be. So, so for instance, with kingship, what comes to mind first? For many people, it's power, power mm-hmm. over, power over, dominion over. Empire. Yeah. But, but kingship can also mean responsibility for care. 
And and so that interplay between all of the possible connotations of a given kind of arena of language, and then in contrast to maybe what at any one point in our um, you know story as humans comes to mind, it's important for us to maybe always be zooming out a little bit. It seems to me that one of the, you know, you mentioned Samuel, David, Solomon, you know, the interplay that was going on when when there was a shift from, you know, David as a warrior, warlord, basically, consolidating um, the, the area. And you have, we want a king, we don't want a king, here's what's going to happen if you have a king, we're okay with that, we're okay with the taxation, we're not okay with the taxation, we're okay with this much taxation, but not more than that. You know, it's an ongoing conversation that we see alluded to in the text. And I wonder what part of the idea of God as king appeals to the human need for order, for predictability, for knowing what to expect. Do you think there's any any connection there? I think uh, the the biggest desire of hum- of a human being is to have this ordered world and to exist in that order- ordered world, this equilibrium uh, where things are safe, uh, where things are established in fixed boundaries. That is where life would be most like calm. And uh, in the Psalms, however, those are few Psalms that speak about that kind of life. Yeah. And I love, uh, so I um, told you at the beginning, um, before we started, that I uh, took this book from Walter Brueggemann about praying the Psalms. And he categorizes the Psalms in three parts, the orienting Psalms, the disorienting Psalms, and the reorienting Psalms. So if we speak of those psalms that speak of life in equilibrium, then those are the oriented mm-hmm. texts that we have. But those are few. Life does not happen that way in reality. <laughs> we long for it, but it's it's fleeting. Yes. yes. And um, I, you have Psalm 93 in our lesson for this week. And so when you read, for example, a verse from Psalm 93, the world is firmly established. It will not be moved. Your throne is established from old. You are from everlasting and so on. That is a psalm that should be seen as a reoriented psalm, a psalm where where you wish for that yeah. firmly established world to come. It is not here. It is uh, it is the, the hope for it and the striving for it. And that is where God is ruling as king. Mm. Yeah, order is complicated. I mean, I'm Brazilian, so on the flag we have order in progress. You know, when we talk about order and we talk about organizing, we talk about this modern It's always been there, but modernity, I think, pushed us to desire this control of life, of land, of property, of of having an app on our phone that tells us how many steps we took so we can have control of the health. We want to have control over things. And and there's an author, um, um, I forget his name, but the book is The Uncontrollability of the World, where he talks about that part of the anxiety that we have today is, is, is coming to terms with the fact that we do not have any control whatsoever, to your point, Matilda, that yes, the Psalms are pointing to something, this ideal of God, who he is, his character, his actions that are stable and good, but down here we don't get to experience that. So it always makes me think that 
if we're going to the Bible or around us, pushing for a form of order or what does that mean? What does that look like? Does it do more damage than good? What does it mean to trust in God for that kind of hopeful imagining of the world whenever that will happen? And what does it look like when 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 we can't achieve it here? Um, so I've always struggled with the idea of order in the sense of this is an impulse that we all have. It's not necessarily a good one because it leads us to take and to have and to the control is comes or the order comes by means of having and taking things. And when you see God's reign, it's about, for instance, the Sabbath as a marker of his reign. It's not about taking or having. It's about being and pausing. And, and it's a countercultural sort of understanding of order that is so different from what we have around us. So just some ideas yeah. that come to my mind when I think about that order. It would be amazing, wouldn't it, to invite ourselves, each other, whenever we encounter a metaphor, mm-hmm. to use that encounter as a way to develop a sense of ease with uncertainty mm. rather than using it as a I mean, what is the, the what is the joke? We come to the Bible and quote it when we want to end a conversation. <laughs> well, but the Bible says, and then you know, we all have had those conversations where that's the end. And yet, it seems that each of these metaphors with their limitations invites us to do the opposite, to, to allow, as we encounter a metaphor, allow ourselves to see what is it like to be aware of how much we don't know mm. about life and also about God, you know, and to develop a, an ease with that. It's a different ordering, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you both. My conversation partners, Matilda and Tiago. And thank you again to Kristen Byerly and Rick Basket, our program engineers, and to you, our listeners. Thanks for tuning in. For The Good Word, I'm Jody Washburn. You've been listening to Good Word, a production of the School of Theology at Walla Walla University and KGTS-FM. To order a copy of today's broadcast, you can call 509-527-2194. Thanks for listening, and we'll be here next week at this time with Good Word.